You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. If one had closed one's eyes and were not well versed in Scottish accents, Gordon Brown might still have been Chancellor. But Alistair Darling was at least brown light, briefer and much less bombastic. Yet he offered thin gruel. This pre-budget report must have been designed as the first shot in an election battle. If so, it offered little that was novel. It showed New Labour's traditional virtues and familiar flaws, including an inheritance tax change aimed at spiking Tory guns that was barely a change at all. Mr Darling was entitled to point to the continued good performance of the UK economy. It is the government's proudest boast. As he noted, inflation is again expected to hit the target this year, while growth is expected to be 3%, a faster rate than in all the other members of the group of seven leading countries. His forecast for next year is 2 to 2.5%, half a percentage point lower than forecast in the budget last March, with little subsequent rebound. This is plausible, but nobody yet knows what the credit freeze will do to the economy. On the public finances, Mr Darling had disturbing news. This financial year, the outcome of the current budget is expected to be £4 billion worse than at the time of the March budget, while net borrowing is £4.4 billion further in the red. The longer-term picture is also one of continued slippage. Between 2007-08 and 2011-12, the cumulative deficit on net borrowing is now forecast to be £16 billion greater than at the time of the budget. On the current budget, the cumulative slippage is £13 billion over this period. This has become all too depressingly familiar. The Treasury has had to admit to a worse-than-expected fiscal outlook in the great majority of its forecasts since the beginning of this decade. It is a disappointing record. Is it also a dangerous one? Probably not, is the answer. Under plausible assumptions, net public debt should remain just under the government ceiling of 40% of gross domestic product. The current budget is forecast to be in a deficit of 0.6% of GDP this financial year, against 0.3% forecast in the budget, before declining to 0.3% next financial year and a surplus of 0.2% in 2009-10. Similarly, net borrowing is expected to fall from 2.7% of GDP this year to 2% in 2009-10. Yet the persistence of sizable structural overall deficits leaves the government little room to cope with bad news that is more than merely cyclical. This is particularly true given consistently over-optimistic fiscal forecasts, that the possibility that the health of the city will be damaged by the summer's credit crisis must make confidence in economic prospects even weaker. What then of tax reform? What indeed? Mr Darling promises three reviews proposing simplification to the tax system for business. The envisaged change in capital gains tax to a single rate of 18% is a big improvement over complicated taper relief, but the rate is too low to discourage tax avoidance. Mr Darling has tried to shoot the Tory fox over the taxation of non-domiciled taxpayers. He condemns the Tories' estimated take of £3.5 billion as outrageously optimistic. He then proposes his own charges, envisaging additional revenue of just £650 million. The proposed combination of a couple's inheritance tax exemptions is shrewd, but it gives an opportunity that many people already exploited. 
Overall, as George Osborne, the Shadow Chancellor, was entitled to say, this shows a government reduced to stealing, or at least soiling, the opposition's clothes. If the discussion of tax reform was disappointing, that a reform of public services was largely absent. Spending growth is now set at just 2.1% a year, far below rates in recent years. The government makes much of its new performance management framework with, as it says, a streamlined set of 30 new public service agreements. This will apparently deliver, in its words, excellent outcomes and excellent experiences for all. That is mere propaganda. Given the disappointing outcomes from similar efforts over the past decade, my response is scepticism bordering on outright disbelief. How then are we to judge the government on its core activities, management of the economy and public services? How too are we to judge this outing for the UK's first new Chancellor for a decade? The answers are little new on either front. Economy performs decently, economic management remains competent, and the framework that Mr Brown introduced still proves serviceable, if far from perfect. The public finances are weaker than one would like, and the slippage in forecasts disquieting, but no fiscal crisis looms. The big surge in public spending is over, with too little to show for it, but far from nothing. The government's plans for improved performance of the public sector are unconvincing, and its ideas for tax reform are limited at best. Not least, this pre-budget report shows that the opposition has forced the government to shift onto its territory. The big point is that harder times lie ahead with little room for fiscal manoeuvre. The government must pray that a housing crash does not add to the misery. Even so, it is sure to be caught between the public's desire for lower taxes and the union's wish for far more public spending. I feel some pity for Mr Darling, who has a tough job ahead. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.